Hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of Overwatch Now, your one-stop shop for everything modern in the world of Overwatch. I am your host, Dylan the Dude, and with me as always is the colorful, charismatic co-host of mine for this fine, fine product. Hi, I'm Music Man, and I want to actually call myself charismatic in this case. I'm probably the least charismatic person that you'd know. No, I know other people that are very much less charismatic, but they are not important, as what is important to this podcast right now is Overwatch Now. Now, before we get to Overwatch Now, though, I'd like to thank Dude Media for producing us here on the Dude Media Network. Thanks to them. Uh, A big thank you to them. As well as a couple of shows here on the network, uh, Breaking the Lore, uh, starring some good friends of mine, who put on a show about... Just various different topics that you can listen to over at Dude Media's page as well. And we have a couple other projects that are slowly coming to more fruition. Um, The whole uh, COVID-19 pandemic has kind of scaled back a little bit of uh, our starting force here uh, with Dude Media. But Overwatch Now is definitely a flagship show that we are proud to bring to you today. So we're going to start off the show with some major competitive news now normally we start off with the patch notes and all those kinds of updates but recently the patch notes have really been the experimental card balances that happened last week so not much to to talk about this like everything's kind of been working as we predicted kind of yeah there's really no changes that were really uh monumental i mean it just feels Slightly better for the heroes that got buffed and slightly worse for the ones that got nerfed. It's not really anything uh, groundbreaking or major outside of what we predicted last week. It's just kind of there. Although I will say that probably the hero that got the most impact from it was May. You can really feel the change from the ammo count to the damage output or stuff, stuff like that. You can really feel that happen. And and you've seen a bit less of May, uh, at least from my experience in competitive viewing. Uh, or if you do, it's a very different style of May play, where you have to be a lot more uh, kind of reserved with your freezes, because you're going to be a lot more vulnerable, like trying to freeze a target uh, because of that ammo reduction. So yeah, you know, it's really not much has changed at all, except for May. I'd say May has experienced a little bit of a decline but not enough where i still won't say she's not quote-unquote meta right which speaking of which we digress a a little bit so back on topic with the competitive updates so to start off the new hero pools are out we have back we've gotten back to the four hero bands two dps one tank one support this time around it's zarya as the tank that's out of rotation um, who else? Lucio was a support that's out of rotation. And funny enough, Farah and Sim are the two DPS that are out of rotation this week. And not even for the full week, just for a few days. Because Monday, the competitive hero pool is going to match the OWL hero pool. So what that means to all of you who don't know is that on watch points uh, Sunday night after... All of the games have been played. They're going to do the hero draw system that they have done, the hero band draw system that they've done the last few weeks. And now those changes will reflect not only the owl band heroes, but will also the contenders and regular online ladder 
uh, competitive band hero pool. So it's it's uniform across all levels of play. Well, it's funny and you mention that because Contenders has been following the Owl Hero Pool since the start. Open Division started off with the competitive Hero Pool, but then switched to Owl after the admins realized that, oh, the teams are only going to have two days to figure out what the new meta is. So they decided to swap it to whatever Owl says is out of rotation. And just today, at the time of this recording, Competitive Ladder is doing the same thing, which honestly, I think they should have done that from the start. But we did have three weeks of the same heroes out of rotation, so I guess it kind of worked out in the end. But now that they've made the full switch so that all competitive play has is basically uniformed and we have we know what's going to be expected of us to practice, I think this is just going to be better for the competitive feel of the game. Yeah, no, I... I believe that this is definitely better for not only the competitive ladder because you know people now know for sure at the beginning of the week what um what's going to be banned and it's kind of easier than Thursday because Thursday does kind of feel like a really awkward time to just find out about what heroes are going to be banned just straight up and then it just happens especially um, when most competitive sub whether it's open division or third party tournaments happen on the weekend yeah, so it's a very uh, just awkward adjustment, really. Um, so I'm actually very happy that they've done this for that, but it's also good for Owl, for the Overwatch League, because that means that people will be able to identify with what the players have to play. Like, they can look up at the pro players and see a reflection of what they're doing in the pro scene. So I think that is absolutely... Um, just absolutely wonderful, I think, is what this needed. And, yeah, I mean, it's about time. I understand why they didn't do it immediately. Because, um, you know, they wanted to try out a few things. Uh, try out a few, uh, como se dice, um, como se dice, like, character changes or balance changes. Like, they wanted to test the health of certain heroes, like Farrah and Ash. But I think they've gotten all of that out of their systems, and now it's good old RNG to see what's going to be banned from week to week. Let's hope that Nori actually picks the heroes that the community want to be out of rotation, <laughs> mate. But speaking of speaking of Owl, just um, so this weekend we're going to be seeing a new team join. Well, not new, but a team that we haven't seen in a while in Owl take the main stage again, the virtual main stage. And the Vancouver Titans against nah, against our opponents of Guangzhou Charge on Saturday at 6 a.m. Now, one thing real quick. I know that last week we've had a Monday early morning matchup. I was just going off of what the schedule on the Overwatch League website had. And I did not see a Monday morning match until well, that Saturday. They had some scheduling changes due to... Um... A Chinese uh, like death of a hero sort of celebration or uh, or mourning or something like that. Uh, so they just didn't do it and they rescheduled it. And so I don't think that's gonna be the norm. I don't think that's gonna happen again. I think everything that we see on the website now is going to be what it is. And I'd like to clarify on you for the Vancouver Titans um, playing this Saturday morning. So it looks like the Vancouver Titans have reestablished their home base to uh, Korea for the 
time being, uh, South Korea for the time being, and as such, the Vancouver Titans, for the foreseeable future, will be competing in that division. So, joining Chengdu, Shanghai, uh, Hangzhou, and Guangzhou, we have the Vancouver Titans in that division as well, along with Seoul, to round it up to be a six-team division. Which I think is a good thing, because it does add more variety than just having the same four or five teams play over and over again each week. Like, in 4 a.m. this Saturday, we are going to be seeing a repeat of Hangzhou versus Chengdu, which, if we're going to make the predictions right now, I'm actually leaning more towards Hangzhou. Chengdu has just been struggling recently, and I honestly think it's because of Amang. Amang has a great ball, a great Arissa, but when it's time to play Ryan, he struggled. Well, don't worry. They're not playing Ryan this week. Uh, to uh, Well, hold on. Um, what are the Owl Hero Bands? Because I think I might be mixing them up with the three-day competitive Hero Bands. So the Owl Hero Band is we're not going to be seeing Diva in rotation. We're not going to be seeing Anna in rotation. And we're not going to be seeing Reaper or Sombra in rotation. Um, you might see Ryan Zarya then, I guess. That's something I guess that is possible. Uh, I don't know if probable, but possible. I think um, think Shangdu's best bet is to either play the Arisa Sigma double shield, the Arisa Ryan double shield, or the, the monkey ball. No dot. No dot compositions. I completely disagree with you on Shangdu's uh, A being weak, because I do not believe they are weak. I do believe that they are kind of in a weird spot of their own. Um, Like I said, all the Chinese teams, all the teams in that division, are kind of trying to figure out where they stand, or trying to figure out what they are going to do in this current time, because I, of course, with the coronavirus, uh, being in their home country or in their their like starting and really uh, being at its worst in their locations, they haven't had a lot of time to scrim. They haven't had a lot of time to really get things together in the way that we did because we had a lot of homesteads and we had a lot of events before things really got bad here. So I'm more chalking it up to Hangzhou, Chengdu, uh, Guangzhou, and Shanghai because all of those teams looked kind of rough uh at times i mean none of those like every chinese team right now has beaten each other in just very weird matchups very uh the the transitive property of you know teams beating teams there is no dominant team right now in the chinese market uh shanghai is probably the one that you could look to but even then they lost to shangdu it's not there currently is no dominating force over there I don't think Shengdu, and while I do admit that Shengdu does have some problems, I'm not putting it on the back of Amang. I think Amang played absolutely phenomenally on every hero that he had to play last weekend. My fault in the team is up to management and the questionable decisions in support lines, because they have been swapping out their support lines quite a bit, which is kind of the most important part of a team to keep stable. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Molly. I thought Molly uh, underperformed a bit on that uh, squad. Um, I think uh, Yevital, Yevital. How do you pronounce that? Yevital. 
Yvettel. I think Yvettel needs to play constantly. I think he is the the anchor of the team in the support uh, in the support role. I just don't know why they don't play him all the time. He's an extremely good um, support player, and it seems like the teams that's most comfortable and they win in their most when they have him in. So I'm not gonna say Amang is the reason why they lost. Uh, the whole team had a couple of just really bad maps and really bad plays. But I do think that they are one of the stronger teams in the Overwatch League. I don't think they're top 7, but I do think they're top 10. And I do... I'm I'm going to hold on that they are either the best or the second best team in the Chinese landscape over there. They might just be struggling right now, but I do think they're better than Hangzhou, Guangzhou. I'll even say that they're better than... They might even be better than Shanghai at this point. Uh, I don't think they're better than Seoul. I think Seoul has really impressed recently, but I'm not going to count them out. The only team that I can see being definitively better than Chengdu, which I'll do my prediction here. I'm going to predict Chengdu winning uh, 3-2 for the first game versus the Spark. I'm going to give it 3-2 to Spark because while, yes, the support line switch up has been part of the reason why a lot of the Shangdu players have been struggling. Hugdown has been uh, keeping to a consistent six, really, even with one of their players playing off-roll in Sazen. He was a DPS player, and he's now, like, the main off-tank, so whatever's going on with Rhea, I hope that they fix it soon, because it's looking like we might be seeing another Sazen, and I don't know if he plays any of the other off-tanks. But then again, this, like you said, this has been trying times for a lot of the Chinese teams because of the coronavirus, because of having less practice time and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that this is going to be a shoo-in for the Spark. It is going to be close, but I'm still giving the Spark the edge. However, moving on to the next match, the Guangzhou Charge versus the Vancouver Titans. We've seen Vancouver played you know, once before, at the very least, and... I remember the there was an analyst that says that Fissure in Vancouver Titans is their weakest point. And to that, I kind of agreed last time. Because here's the biggest difference that I noticed with, between Fissure and Bumper. Both of them have very super aggressive styles to playing main tank. However, with how the team is comprised, when Bumper does a strange play, it is... Backed up by the team, it goes off just amazingly. Bumper is a superstar. But what I've noticed in the last games, and I'm hoping that this is not the case for this game, is that when Fissure goes super aggressive and does something unusual and away from the team as a main tank, it kind of looks like the rest of the team is trying to pull Fissure out of the gu uh, out of the gutter. And I don't want to see that in any player, really, in that level. Well, I mean, I my opinion on Fissure has been up and down for his entire tenure in Overwatch. Um, I do personally believe he is a weaker part of the team, but he's not a bad main tank by any means necessary. He is an Overwatch League level main tank, and he he is one of those resource-intensive main tanks, one of your star main tanks that can really dominate a game if given the proper resources, which, given Ryu Zhehong... Um, Twilight and Slime, I certainly believe they are very capable of doing that. It's just, 
is that what Vancouver wants to do? Is that the route that they want to focus on? They kind of have to, as he's their only main tank. They can't really just leave him to the wolves and say, Hey, Fisher, go do whatever you want. We're not going to heal you. Because he needs those resources. He is a very aggressive, very active player. And I think that can work in a lot of ways. I don't think he will have the patience to run certain compositions that well. But knowing Vancouver's incredible amount of talent that they have on their roster, um, they might not even have to. I think they might be able to get away with playing these really aggressive um, compositions that will ultimately net them in the top five to seven of the league, I believe. I mean, that being said, I mean, yeah, the plays that they were doing with Fissure that I that I kind of called out as being Fissure like struggling to keep up with his team or even vice versa. Well, I I saw that as the team struggling to stay together. It did work out for them. They did end up with what was it, three zero or three one, and something like that. Up. Yeah. So no, so whatever it is that they were doing, it does work. I'm not going to deny that. However, I do see the charge as a more organized and composed team than a lot of the Western teams that we've been seeing over the past few weeks, even in the home sets. So, I don't know. It's like, when push comes to the shove, it really depends on what Vancouver is going to do and how aggressive they're going to be. Because at this point, I will give Vancouver the 3-0 over the charge. Simply because Charge does not have practice against Vancouver's level of aggression, and I think that's going to be their biggest advantage this weekend. Well, I'm not going to quite go with that. I'm going to give it to the Vancouver Titans 3-1, because I do have faith in in the Guangzhou Charge. I do believe that they have a really strong lot of potential. They have one of the strangest mixed rosters I've seen in Overwatch. Um... They have one American, one Spanish, uh, two Chinese, and the rest Koreans. And those, it's more Korean players on the bench than not. So it is very interesting how their comms are, very interesting on how they work together as a team. Um, but they do have a lot going for them in terms of uh, Neptuno, one of the greatest uh supports in over in the overwatch league i firmly believe that uh as well as eileen and nero who are an insane dps duo i actually think that guangzhou might have pound for pound better like just better duos than vancouver does um currently however the individual talent of every vancouver titans player does kind of outclass a lot of these players for as good as these players are so I'm going to give Guangzhou, like, the control win. Like, map one, they win the control map. And then get 3-0 uh, after that. So, ending 3-1. That's my prediction. Alright, so, giving Guangzhou the benefit of the doubt. But anyways, moving on from that, we're going back to some of the more Western teams in Philadelphia Fusion versus Paris Eternal at 4pm on Saturday. Eastern Time, by the way. And... This one is going to be a tough call because I'm going to predict that if Paris wins, it is going to be on the backs of either Soon Nico or Exe Z- Nico. Like those two are. If Paris wins, it's because those two just 
perform out of their mind this weekend. Philly, if they win, I feel like it's going to be more on the backs of, no, of really their synergy between their DPS and tanks, really. And obviously support, but uh, support is kind of a weird, no, weird role to uh, talk about it in the owl level because when you're playing the game as a support, you know who you need to heal, hopefully. But in the owl level, everything happens so fast that you kind of just lose track if you're not fully fo no, focused. So, my final prediction, I'm giving it 3-2 to Philly. You know what? I'm going to give it a 3-2 to Paris. Uh, because Paris is honestly one of my... F they are one of the most delightful surprises um, of this year. I mean, I know a lot of people were really uh, kind of looking down on them, thinking they were going to be a bottom five, bottom seven team. But boy, have they showed everyone wrong. They have won many great games uh, recently, including dethroning this very team that was undefeated up until that point with a 3-2 win in one of the most hotly contested uh, Overwatch League series that we have seen so far this year. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to discredit Paris for that. That was a well-deserved win. No win. But in this rematch, I do think that Philly is going to learn their lesson. And if not, well, they kind of deserve the loss at that point. Well, I'm going to say that I believe that the key to Paris's winning here is going to be on the backs of FD God and Gray. Because Gray is a very good player, and I think he stunned a lot of people by being able to take over for Hip in such a, uh, just such a natural way. I mean, he didn't miss a beat. He was just very on top of it when he had to be put in uh, at almost very last minute. So I think as long as Gray can uh, maintain that ability and can maintain just that level of play, I don't think they're going to have any problem. I think their DPS are going to go on autopilot and just do what they do. I think uh, Ben Best or No Smite are going to lead the team very well. And Hanbin, who's actually been... I, I had never heard of Hanbin before, um, before the Overwatch League. I know that he was a uh, Korean contenders player that was hyped up, but I had never seen any of uh, him play. He has become one of the staples of this team. Just... Under the uh, under the radar, I think this team does not have a weak link at this point. If it has to have one, it might be Gray. But if it's not, but if Gray performs at the level that he's been able to, easy. You know what? I'm even gonna be a little bit more confident. I'm gonna say a three-one. Paris wins. Well, funny you mentioned Hanbin because while he is a good off tank player, you need to think that. Philly has Poco and Fury, two of the best off-tank players, some will even say D.Va players from previous se seasons, and yet they put Poco in over Fury when arguably Fury is known to be the better off-tank, and yet Poco has been popping off like it's nobody's business, really. So Handman does have his work cut out for him, and if he can just protect Gray, like you said, protect his entire... Well, mainly his supports and uh, supports for the Paris Eternal. Then I will agree that Paris has a good shot of winning. However, I'm still going to give the edge to Philly because, like I said, I believe they learned their lesson. Now, moving on to probably one of my 
one of our team's most controversial matchups when it comes to these two teams. The Houston Outlaws versus Boston Uprising. Now, to give you context on this... Oh, sorry, sorry, I fell asleep. What? (laughs) Oh, it's it's Boston. Oh, boy. So to give you context... Resident sleeper. To give you context on all this, Dylan and I compete on a third-party team. Well, not third-party, but tier three team. And two of our teammates both live in Boston, and they are huge fans of the Boston Uprising. I am a huge fan of the Houston Outlaws, despite something that I'll bring up later. So my prediction is that the Outlaws are going to win it 3-0. Like, don't get me wrong. There have been multiple cases of Boston just showing up when push comes to shove, but it's not often enough. I do think that... Oh! It just occurred to me that we might even see Spree now that Diva's out of the rotation. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. Mecco is still uh, much, much better uh, on really every hero uh, that he plays. Mecco is a top tier player. That, I think, was Houston's biggest, uh, biggest acquisition this year. Um, as for Boston, uh, when your biggest pickup is Halo, uh, I mean, sure, I guess he's a support player that underperforms on an underperforming team. I don't think that's his fault necessarily, but it really is night and day here. Uh, I'm going to say it's going to go three... You know, I'm actually going to go bold. I'm going to say it's a 3 0 0. Or a 3 0 1, I mean. I think they're going to draw a map. But I don't think Boston's going to win a single map. <laughs> I, I, I think this game is going to go slightly longer than it has to for us to get to the conclusion, the obvious conclusion, that if these two teams, and a lot of people do consider these teams 19 and 20 in the league, um, if that is true, it is a very distant uh, 19-2-20 because Boston just doesn't have really any legs to stand on now. I mean, they've lost their off-tank, so now they're pl- uh, they're starting off-tank, so now they have to play a new one. They lost a support player, or at least have benched a very talented support player for Halo, who is not a bad support player, but is very questionable as to why they would make these switches. Uh, the organization for the Boston Uprising has just had many scandals and many uh, instant uh, instances of poor management. I don't see them digging themselves out of this hole. I don't see them winning any games this year. It's sad from a team that I did enjoy, but it's it's an easy three something for the Houston Outlaws. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that if our teammates were to hear this podcast, they would heavily disagree because either Muma or Rockis or Blase on Hitscan, which I do agree with them, Blase does not make a great Hitscan. Keep him off the Hitscan, trust me. But um, Oh, hold on. You mean Rockis, the guy that in fantasy earned me more points than anyone or almost anyone else in the Overwatch League? <laughs> Basically, that Rockis. But... Anyways, moving on, after that almost 
I almost want to call it a disappointing matchup because we know how bad Houston are going to be Boston. But anyways, after that matchup, we have Washington Justice versus the Dallas Fuel. And this is where I bring in what I teased earlier in that both Dylan and I had the most humbling opportunity to play with two pro players from the Dallas Fuel in Trill and Harry Hook earlier today at the time of recording. He was on team Harry Hook, I was on team Trill. However, we were both playing at separate times, which is unfortunate. But, yeah. No, but yeah, no, that, that was a fun experience. Just GG's all around to everybody that we played individually, I guess. Yeah. Yep, it was a, it was a very good experience. But if I may say so myself, uh, I solo shattered Trill, so uh, asserting Reinhardt dominance. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> well, my Reinhardt solo shattered Harry Hook. So, huh? Well, yeah, but Harry Hook is a thrower. <laughs> but, I love Harry Hook though. He was such a nice guy. I I I, I do love both of them. They are too. I I love the Dallas Fuel. I'll say that the Dallas Fuel are a very fun team. They are a very talented team as well. I mean, every player on that team, like, I was saying in the chat earlier, uh, Rip AKM, and uh, I feel bad for AKM because he is a star player, but he's on a roster of other star players. Um, same thing with Zachary, a star player on a roster of star players. There's really not a weak link on the Dallas Fuel but if I had to say that there was anything weak about the Dallas Fuel, it would be their synergy. It would be their... Just, they don't feel like they're the most comfortable right now. And I think that will change. I think they'll go from being like 15, 16 in the league uh, up to maybe 11 or 12. I think they do have a lot of room for improvement. Um, I And because of that raw talent... I'm going to give them a 3-1 victory over the struggling Washington Justice. It's really more of a story of which team is going to struggle more. Because yeah. both teams have a lot of potential. Have just hasn't been clicking lately. I've just been losing a lot. Not due to anything really specific. Just kind of decreases in their value of play. Just it's These are two teams that are very weird to talk about um, in terms of how much potential they have. Because they both have a ton of potential. It's just, can they realize it? I'm not really sure. Yeah, no, and I and I agree with that. Like This is definitely going to be a close matchup, but it really comes down to who's going to struggle more because that team is going to be the team that loses. And right now, I do think that it's going to be Washington that's going to struggle more. So I am going to give a 3-1 victory to Dallas. And... I really don't know because I was kind of expecting more out of Washington these past few weeks, and they just haven't been showing up recently. It's kind of disappointing. But I don't think Dallas has been doing that much better, like you said. I said so. I honestly think that Dallas is going to be win no, winning this. Like, yes, they have a lot of star players but and struggling with synergy, but they're at least more synergized with no with each other than Washington. And I mean, don't I mean, okay, just forget it. <laughs> against Corey and Stratus or even uh, who was Tutuba? it? Yeah, two, uh, Tuba. It's like, just, just forget it. It's Corey... No. Goa and DK are going to be carrying Dallas to victory in this matchup. 
They are a very strong team, and I don't get me wrong, I think Washington has a ton of star players themselves. Um, Corey and Stratus are a good DPS duo. Tatuba's not even that bad. Um, Roar is one of my favorite main tanks. I think he is really good, although I think he has definitely struggled a lot more as of late. Um, and then you have Elivote, who is also uh, a very good player. The highlight of the Washington Justice to me is Arcanam God, uh, the support duo, the constant support duo. The only they support are, duo. They are very, very, very good. But so are the Dallas Fuel. And I think the Dallas Fuel have more upside at this point than the Washington Justice do. So we do uh, both agree on a 3-1 here. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. I think that is uh, probably the most will be in agreement for this entire week of action. Maybe. Now, here's the funny part about all of this. So, the his there is some history behind Elevote and Crimzo between the two teams. Both of them played for Envy Academy back in Contenders last, no, last season. And, I don't know. I feel like while Elevote is doing good, Crimzo is just doing that much better. Which, you know, makes sense on why they get picked up by a pro team. But, yeah, no. I think, like you said, this is going to be the only time we'll fully agree on anything. Well, you know, it's really funny because um, if you're talking about um, the team Envy that uh, they played on together, you have to think, there are a lot of great names that came from that squad, that came from that team. Um, you had Taimu, Crimzo, Fire, uh, Numlock, Jaru, uh, Sharp, Elevote, um, Trill, who we just played with today on the Dallas Fuel, um, McGravy, uh, even even a lot of the current Dallas Fuel, or what would be the uh, inaugural Dallas Fuel, were from Team Envy, including Harry Hook. So, you know, it is... Team Envy has produced a ton of incredible players, but some of those players have gone off to do really not much else really recently. I mean, if you look at a lot of the big star players that came from Envy, uh, what happened to Taimu? What happened to Coco? Um, Mickey? Uh, Seagull? Uh, Buds? Tailspin? Fisher? There's just a lot of names that... Uh, oh, and of course we can't forget Moofin. <laughs> uh, as much as Boston would like for us too. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that a lot of these uh, players you know, come from a, such a good, you know, developmental team, as I'll call it that, a developmental team. But really, I don't know. Some players are ready for Owl from the developmental team, just straight up right out the gate. And I do believe Crimzo was one that was. Elivote is struggling more. He's still doing good, don't get me wrong. He's still mechanically a great player. But I don't think he was as ready for the stage. He was as ready for the attention, for the grandeur of the Overwatch League as Crimzo was. So maybe it's, maybe it's just something mental there. But I, I do hope that he gets over it because I do see a lot of potential in that Washington squad. Yeah. But anyways, moving on, we will be going over to the AMs now for Sunday, Easter Sunday, mind, mind you. And we'll be starting, You're right. Yep. And we'll be starting things off with 
Chengdu versus Vancouver. I'm still going to give the edge to Vancouver's here, but I do think that Chengdu is going to give them a little bit more of a challenge than Guangzhou will. No, well, so if anything, I would say three two Vancouver. I'm gonna go out a limb here, uh, limb here and say it's gonna be a three two Chengdu. And this is where the unbridled uh, creativity, I think, of Shangdu is going to come to play. Because I don't think Shangdu is going to try to play meta here. I think Shangdu is definitely going to be uh, a lot more aggressive and a lot more um, take charge and in showing initiative in this matchup. Because Shangdu is a team that I look at and I think they play to the level of their opponents. They don't play above their opponents necessarily, which I think is an issue with the team. But I do think that if they are facing better opponents, they will do better. I think that's a reason why they struggled a little bit with, um, I believe it was uh, Guang, uh, Guangzhou. Was it who they lost to or did they lose to Hangzhou? I think they lost to both at one point. Maybe. Well, th I think their losses to those two teams were very um, uncharacteristic, if you will. Um, of what the squad's potential is. I think that we're going to have uh, Amang redeem himself, and I think we're going to have uh, just... I think the whole squad is going to really play a lot better versus a better team. So, 3-2 Shangdu, and I, I genuinely believe that. Well, I think the key players to look out for this matchup are literally Jinmu and Haxel. Both of them are... Probably the strongest projectile DPS player that I have ever seen in Owl. So I think it's just going to be a matter of which one of those two pops off more, Jinmu or no Jinmu or Hacksaw. And and uh, yes. And and for me, I think it's going to be Hacksaw. I think Hacksaw is going to pop off just slightly more than Jinmu, but that slightly is what's going to give Vancouver the victory. You know. I'm going to say that as long as Leave can pull his weight, I don't know if I'm... I think Jinmu will be able to do absolutely fine if Leave carries his weight. And Leave did phenomenal in uh, the game against Shanghai, both games against Shanghai. Um, I'm still finding it hard to root against the Shangdu team, and especially in such a unique situation as this against such a good team. I believe that the squad, as long as they don't screw up with their support line, um, with their, you know, awkward placing of supports, I think they're going to come ahead. I genuinely believe that. Well, that's one of those, well, no, we'll be seeing, hopefully, if you're willing to stay up at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. But at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, we have Shanghai versus Guangzhou. I'm actually going to give this a slight edge to Shanghai day have been looking like the stronger team as of late. They've won both of their matches last weekend, and I believe they won their third match the weekend before. So I think they are on a three-winning streak, if I am not mistaken. Let me just double-check. I think it might have been one win, one loss, and then two wins. But regardless, they are on a winning streak um, of some sort. Yeah. No, and... Yeah, so, no, so I do think that Shanghai is going to pull ahead from the no, charges this time around. I'm not going to say it's a 3-0. I think it's going to be more like a 3-1. But, no, but, yeah, no. It, my mind can only change 
depending on how Wang Zhao does against Vancouver this weekend. Well, I I believe Shanghai is going to win off of the back of uh, Stand 1 and Flutter. I think those two have been the most important um, additions to this team, I think, uh, along with Lip, um, I think have been just really unexpected. I mean, I know a lot of people were uh, concerned about Flutter's um, lackluster performance on Soul for the last few years, and Void slash Void and Stand One, you know, Void of course being a just straight up solid off tank. I don't think anyone expected a lot of him, but I think people expected you know a solid player, and I think that's what they're getting. I believe that this team is a really weird example of a team that doesn't have any weaknesses, but they don't have any exceptional like stand out. Um, just play like I think every player on this team is good to great to even amazing in terms of being able to describe them but I don't think this anyone on this team is the best at what they do and that means Shanghai is going to do great but they're going to struggle against the teams that do have the best in what they do their stand one is going to have trouble against some of the better main tanks in the league Uh, Fleta will have a lot of trouble with the bird rings and with the the uh, Jinmu's, as he already has had a problem with the Jinmu. Um, with the, I'll give you a bone, the Lynxers of the world. <laughs> the, um, I, the the Diem, the Doas. I mean, a lot of people on this Shanghai roster have the potential to be outclassed. I think the only person on this Shanghai roster that is unequivocally the best in what they do and can hang with anyone else in the Overwatch League is Iziaki. I think uh, Iziaki is the strongest player on this team, and I think he is going to carry this team in a lot of ways. But that being said, uh, I don't see this team losing to Guangzhou this week, and I see it being a little bit more dominant because of how good everyone is on this roster. Um... I'm just going to give it a 3-0. I, I don't see it even going 3-1. I see Shanghai just getting the absolute domination win here well, over Guangzhou. Well, my 3-1 is based on the control. I think that Guangzhou can get the control map off. Granted, it will go to round 3, and it will be a 99-99. However, if Guangzhou wins that map, then it's definitely going to be a 3-1. If Guangzhou loses that control map, then you're right. It is a 3-0. So, but, um, yeah, no. I mean, while Shanghai doesn't have any qualities that make them exceptional at anything at the current uh, moment, the fact that, like you said, they don't have any apparent weaknesses is, I think, what makes them a strong team, at least in the Asian region of Overwatch League. But, that's that's a fair assertion, I'd say. But moving on, we'll be skipping over to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday after everybody has done their Easter egg hunts, especially if you have three-year-old nieces that you want to assume that they're the spawn of Satan, but that's besides the point. And we, hmm. I'm not speaking from experience. You're speaking from experience. Anyways, 
we have the Houston Outlaws versus Toronto Defiant. Now, we've done a, a lot of, uh, or quite a few resident sleeper memes when it came to Houston versus Boston. I do think that Toronto is going to put up more of a challenge for Houston, be simply because they're not Boston. But I still think that Houston is going to win either 3-1 or 3-2. It's really hard to gauge these two teams, because Toronto has shown flashes of brilliance in a lot of competitions. Um, I believe that in terms of uh, having Genji players, having Doomfist players, having symmetric, like, you know, there's a lot of heroes that Toronto has can say they have players that excel in playing those characters. However, do I believe that it's meta? No, not at all. This is definitely a team that thrives off of breaking the meta, just like Houston does. I do believe that the individual talent on the Toronto Defiant might be a little bit stronger than the Houston Outlaws. I think uh, I can look at the roster of the Toronto Defiant and see way more favorable matchups role-wise uh, to the Houston Outlaws than I could the other way around. Uh, but I don't believe that's going to translate into a win. Um, it could, and I think maybe maybe I'll give them that this week, um, just depending on how creative they can be. And uh, I definitely think this will be a week for Logix to really show a little bit more of what he can do, um, as his DPS hero pool is not affected um too terribly by the bands this week he's uh he's not sure for he's not the somber player but this might even be a week where we get to see some names that we haven't seen a lot of before like uh mangachu or maybe even see roki if um you know uh kareev on the who is the support ban for this week for Al? anna anna yeah i mean i think definitely that could be you could make a case for Roki uh, coming in for that. I mean, I really don't know about this team at this current state. I do think they're a bottom three team along with Houston and Boston. But I do think that both Houston and this team are getting better, are learning, and are improving. It's just which one is improving at the, the faster rate. And I do think Houston is improving at a faster rate. So I'm going to... Give it to Houston in a 3-1, but a very close 3-1. I don't think any of the games are going to be blowouts. Um, it's just hard to really tell with these teams, but that's that's my prediction. I think Toronto is getting much better, and I think they are going to have more flashes of brilliance in the future, but I just think Houston is just on their way on the upturn. So I will agree with you. Houston 3-1. And that's one thing that puts a smile on my face. Seeing Houston know where it is they're actually falling and how they can improve from from it and actually applying it, that puts a smile on my face. I'm I'm proud of this team despite their rough loss this last week, no weekend. But you know, GG go next. But moving on, we have Philadelphia Fusion versus Atlanta Rain. This. Is going to be a match to watch. However, I am going to give a slight edge towards Atlanta, but it's only really depending on how well Baby Bay plays. If he basically becomes the playmaker, the DPS that's popping off against 
not against their opponents, the unstoppable force of nature, then I think Atlanta would, you know, would win this. But if Philly shuts down Baby Bay, and even for like one or two fights, then I think Philly is going to get the win. Dude, I don't even think he's going to play. You don't. I will be complete. I will be completely honest. I think Baby Bay is a great player. I don't think this me- uh, this next week meta is going to really be his meta. Um, and also, I mean, he might get some play with Edison, but I do think that on the squad with McCree being uh, uh, available, with just so many heroes that Edison is known for uh, being allowed. I think your DPS duo will be Edison and Erster for the most part, with maybe Baby Bay being subbed in for control. Um, I don't really see uh, a case where the squad... I mean, again, this squad is incredible. Uh, I cannot say anything bad about any of these players. I mean, Gator and Hawk have been an absolutely phenomenal duo as of late. Uh, Edison has been popping off on whatever he's been playing. Baby Bay has been awesome at whatever he's been doing, too. Uh, even the Torbjorn, which was a huge surprise at the beginning. But we've seen kind of normalize into a more almost meta composition. Yeah, I mean, to me, the... even on the uh, chopping block for the last Euro pool with like a 15 or 16% pick rate? Torbjorn? It's insane. It's, in, it's insane. If there's any weak point on the squad, I'd say it supports, but even then, Dogman and Masa are just, I think, in contention for a top five or top six uh, support duo in the league. So it is very hard to root against this team or to, to look at this team and go, yeah, they're losing. But then I remember, oh, wait, we have Carpe, Sato, uh, Poco, Ikuo. Funny Astro, and of course, who can forget Chipsa on the Philadelphia Fusion? The Philadelphia Fusion had, arguably, in my opinion, a in the top three. I think the only, uh, I think it's Shaz and Big Goose. Then, um, I believe it's Twilight and Slime or Ryu Jehong and Slime, and then Funny Astro and Alarm, and I think. You had like those are the top three support duos in the league, and I just think you can't beat that. You can't beat that. I don't think uh, you can ever look down on Carpe because Carpe is always going to be a standout player. Uh, EQO and Ivy have both been have shown that they can hold their own. Uh, Hisu, uh, not so much, but he did show uh, that he had a lot of potential on Reaper. But again, that hero's out of the pool, so it's not as likely for him to really pop off this week. Really, I can't see a way that you can root against this team either. So I'm going to give the edge to Philadelphia in a three, a three, two, just like with Paris, because I do think that you, you cannot count any of these three teams out. If I had to say three teams to watch for the rest of the year, it's Philadelphia, it's Paris, and it's Atlanta. Yeah. These 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 two games this coming up this weekend of Philadelphia Paris and Philadelphia Atlanta are going to show who will win the league. 
the league for the year. I do not believe that any team can compete with these three teams. At like seriously, I believe New York is great, but we haven't seen a lot of them yet. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Vancouver yet, and those and and Seoul as well. I mean, those are the three teams that. If I had to say that there were going to be six teams you're going to see in the finals, it is New York, Vancouver, Seoul, Paris, Atlanta, Philadelphia. And you can take that to the bank because these six teams are the teams you want to watch if you want to see good quality near perfection in the world of Overwatch. Yeah, that I can agree. Now, one thing that I do want to note is that Atlanta did play in one of their matches, Edison and Baby Bay. So there is that flexibility to keep an eye out for. So I don't, while Baby Bay and Edison do play the same role, I do think that they work well together and they have shown that. Granted, not the best duo, but still a pretty strong one to begin with. But yeah, no. No, no, Philly is a strong team to begin with, so I don't think that it's going to be an easy win for either team. But I still think that Atlanta is going to pull, no, pull away with a victory here. here. If anything, more than just what Baby Bay does, it'll be because Dogman and Mazda are just doing a good job at keeping the rest of the team alive to do stuff. But even then, you have their counterparts who are arguably better. It is an insanely close matchup, really, and I'm... I'm stunned that we could have any match that's even better than this one. But we do. Coming up next. <laughs> we have the Battle of SoCal. San Francisco Shock and Los Angeles Gladiators. Now, in the defense, I want to make this very clear. In the defense of the San Francisco Shock, they are not a bad team. The San Francisco Shock are certainly not a bad team. In fact, one of the stronger teams in the league. Just, uh, they really need to learn what they're doing with these hero bands. They really need to figure out. And and I think with the hero bands being normalized now with competitive ladder, I think they're going to do much better. I think they're going to have a lot more time to practice. They're going to have a lot more, uh, a lot more kind of reason to practice with, you know, online competitive ladder and whatnot. I do believe that you have six of the best players in Overwatch history on this roster. You just gotta figure out how to play them in these changing metas. Super, Sinatra, Architect, Moth, uh, Choi Hoban, uh, Smurf, Rascal, Violet, Striker, ANS, none of those names are bad names. All of those names are stars. But which stars are you going to play? Just like with, I think, the Dallas Fuel, but even more so, because I do think these are all even bigger stars. You just have to figure out, what's how do you play these guys? How do you play these guys in the current landscape of Overwatch? In my opinion, it's playing Reinhardt. When Reinhardt is not able to be played, I think you still play Super. I, I think you still play Super and Choi Hoban. I think you play Sinatra and Architect, or really almost any DPS duo. You really can't go wrong with a DPS duo on this, or even throwing Architect on the uh, 
on the support. You can even do that if you really want to. With Violet and Moth, you have almost nothing to worry about with the support line. Right below those other support lines I was mentioning earlier, I would put these two because, again, Violet is a phenom in the world of uh, off- of flex supports. And Moth is just a great all-around player. Yeah. The Gladiators are on another level, though. Uh, what do you think of these? Uh, it's really hard to think about these teams as anything less than each other because they're both great rosters. Yeah, that thing is like, I do think that this win is going to go towards the Gladiators of all people. Like, I know that the past couple of weeks I've been hyping up the shock like there's nothing. But at the same time, they've really been struggling with basically getting their foot in the ground, not even. Like, last week, there was no Lucio. So, they played Super for one map. It wasn't working because Super kind of relies on the Lucio a little bit. And so they swapped him out for Smurf, who was struggling as a main tank in Reinhardt, in Arissa, and even in Fall, dare I say. I say. So, it's really difficult to figure out what to do with a team of superstars when they're all kind of relying on specific components of their their comps. Like, right now, I believe the best comp that we've seen for San Francisco is Ryan Diva, Ana Lucio, and DPS can do whatever because they're they're all mechanically gifted. But... In this, in, in this hero pool, we don't have the Ana. And I don't know if either Moss or Violet can keep up on, on Moira, because I know they're not going to play Architect as a support. If anything, they're going to keep him on DPS for once. But yeah, no, but yeah, no I agree. Shock really needs to find her footing in this ever-changing meta. And until they do that, I'm going to be giving this win in particular to the Gladiators. As much as I don't want to say it, I I might have to agree. Because, to me, Shaz and Big Goose are the best support duo in the history of the Overwatch League. I firmly believe in that, just like I believe in the statement that Space is the best off-tank in the Overwatch League. And stats can, you know, you can debate uh, who really is the best off-tank. But to me, Space has been the core and the crux of this team for its entire existence really while i do like og and think og is a good part of the team as well as bird ring mirror jaru elish cloudy i think this team is great and i think they are more flexible i think they have a lot more uh the ability to adapt better on the spot than the shock do now that being said i'm gonna actually lean towards a I'm going to lean towards a 3-1 for the shock solely for the fact that I think what happened last week with their just incredible failings um, I think they've gone back to the drawing board I am going to predict a changed shock coming out this weekend and I think it's going to be Every game is going to be close as hell. I think every game is going to be absolutely uh, insane. And if again, if there's any instance of good Overwatch you want to see, I think it will be this game as well. But 
I'm not confident in this prediction. I'm going to say it's a 3-1 shock, but I think my heart is... Or my. I'm so conflicted that I'm not going to say that's a hard prediction. I'm going to say that is my final prediction, but it's a very begrudging one because this game can honestly go either way. I mean, the reason why I say that gladiators are going to win is it's off the back of space. Like, I've, I've seen how space been performing in the more off-meta comps, like Balzaria that we saw that one. One week, like space, space's talent just has no end in this case, and he's able to adapt quickly, which is what I think is going to bring the gladiators the, the victory here. The whole team, just in general, can adapt quickly to any given situation, and I do believe that that's why they're going to beat the shock in a three-one fa- fashion. Like I do, I'm not gonna say that shock became a terrible team. They're not. All right, they're an excellent team. I want them to win. I want them to take that top spot, but at the same time, they really haven't been putting up recently. And until they do that, whichever team adapts the quickest and the hardest is going to win. And that is currently not San Francisco Shock. They will give up. They will put up a fight against the Gladiators, but I think at most they'll win just one match. And I'm not even sure which map it'll be. Well, and to look at it from an even weirder perspective, I do think that uh, space... Because here's the thing that a lot of people don't remember, is that a lot of these players have played with each other before, uh, most notably in the Overwatch World Cup 2019. Your, your winning U.S. Team USA, your first place winning Team USA, your tank duo was super in space. They know each other incredibly well. They play with each other a lot, um, as well as, you know, Sinatra and uh, Moth also playing on that World Cup team. Space also performing formerly on the Los Angeles Valiant um, as well. You know, that gives them even more experience playing with some of these players. Um, it's a very... Space is... Space is a player that can play anything, anywhere, anytime. And he is going to be the core of this game. I just don't think... I mean, Troy Hoban's great. I think he's going to do phenomenal. But I think he's going to get outplayed. And I think Super's going to get outplayed by Space as well. It's just... Space is one of the most intelligent players in the Overwatch League. A stand-up guy from everything I've seen, everything I've heard. It's... It's going to be on the back of him, but also supplemented by just the other great players on yeah, man you know you're you're making me really rethink confirming like locking that prediction in mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say that i'm predicting this to be a 3-1 winner to be determined i do not know um but i will lean towards i will lean towards the shock just on a gut feeling well i mean that's the sad part about conflicting feelings. Like more often than not, it's better to go with your gut than your head, because you know your head can be can be heavily mistaken from time to time. But anyways, that'll wrap up the owl schedule for this weekend, which means after that San Francisco Shock versus LA Gladiators match, 
we will be getting the new rotation, randomly selected, hopefully by Nori, for the next week of Overwatch League. And those hero bands will now be put in competitive play as well. However, there is one thing that I forgot to mention about competitive play earlier, and that's the deal with map pools. So recently, what, Over what Blizzard did with Overwatch is that they've been selecting certain maps to be in competitive ro rotation. It's usually three from each mode, Control, Hybrid, Escort, and uh, 2CP. And some of the maps stayed, some of the maps rotated out, but it was mainly to see how the gameplay was without Horizon Lunar Colony or Paris, the two most hated 2CP maps in the entire game. Now game by the community, and what they decided to do is they decided to stop with the map pools starting next se season, and only take out Horizon Lunar Colony and Paris to try to rework and redesign to better fit a competitive play, play style for, for the game, which I think is a good move because there are some maps that I've just been missing that I don't even remember the last time I played New Body, for example. If I had to pick a favorite map, map a favorite map, it would be New, New Body, because there's a lot of things that I could do as a diva player there, there that just makes it all around fun, fun, as long as I don't get stupid teammates, but that's besides the point. But, and, no, but anyways, so... Yeah, that's something to look forward to the next season. Is there anything else that I'm missing as far as major updates? Hmm, hmm, well, let's just say that there's going to be a, uh, that there's going to be a big change coming in the next few days because we once again are getting the live client release of a new hero in Overwatch. Ooh, new hero. So the new hero, of course, for those of you who are in the know here on Overwatch now, is Echo, who is going to be a basically a flying DPS hero with crazy abilities and just crazy, crazy potential. Now, it's the 14th, correct? It is April 14th is the date uh, that she's being dropped. Is that correct? Um, okay, Discord was doing some weird thing, so I didn't catch most of it, I will admit. Uh, Echo, she is coming out on the 14th, correct? Yes, she's coming out on the 14th. And that is going to be a huge change. Now, of course, she will not be able to be complained in uh, the competitive mode for, what is it, two weeks? Or a week? I don't know. It used to be, like... A week, and then they changed it until the next season because it was mid-season that that um, a new hero got released. So I don't know what's going to happen. If anything, I think it would be better to hold Echo until the next available competitive se next season, like next month, next couple of weeks when the new competitive season starts. Starts. That would probably be the best time to put in Echo if she's going to be coming out this Tuesday. Because then it'll give people time to get to learn how the hero is supposed to be played. Which is really what the casual side of Overwatch is supposed to be. An opportunity to either just chill, have fun, or 
learn a new character if you're a competitive player and not have to worry about degrading, I guess, the competitive experience for yourself, for everybody that's on the ladder, but, you know, nobody follows that. No logic. But No, no, people are just going to throw the hero at the wall until, hey, I want to play this hero. Yeah. Well, all right, thank you, already 10-minute-long DPS cues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to what Echo will do to change up the formula for the Overwatch heroes, team compositions, and all and all of that, and I'm especially looking forward to seeing how people use her ultimate ability, which is literally the design behind her name, even. If, if you don't know what her ultimate ability or who Echo is, I recommend you watch the first episode of Overwatch Now. We discuss a lot about Echo in the PTR, in the PTR, a lot of her abilities and how she's used there, but TLDR, her ultimate ability lets you copy an opponent's hero. And I don't mean like, oh, it's just a weaker version of, no, of your opponent just looks like that hero. No, it's a full copy. The only change that they did is that they up the ult char charge while you're in Echo's ultimate form, so you get ultimate abilities faster. It used to be that you can get that you can get three ultimate abilities while using Echo's ultimate. They have since nerfed that down a bit. I don't know by how by how much. I haven't been on the PTR in a while, so I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the balance changes that they've done to Echo in the PTR. And who knows? We might even see her in in an experimental car before she goes fully live. I doubt it at this point, but it could be a possibility. And you know, that is all that we, uh, unless I am missing something. Uh, music, do you have any other uh, news you'd like to bring up or any other uh, thoughts for the episode? Not for this episode. Just be sure to keep on tuning in. We love to have you blow up our traffic jam jams here during these trying times with the coronavirus still at large, so, so to speak. But yeah, no. Show us to some of your friends. Get the, their opinions and maybe, who knows? Who knows? Help, help us help us form a community for Overwatch Now for Dudes Media Net, Network. You know, we'll be we'll be around. And speaking of which, if you have any uh, conflicting opinions with us, the host here of Overwatch Now, don't forget you can tweet at us at uh, at uh, Music Man. Is it under at at Music Man mm-hmm. underscore MLV is my Twitter. underscore MLV. And then uh, at Dylan the Duke Games is myself. At Dude Media Network is where you can talk to both of us via that way. And yeah, until next time here on Overwatch Now, don't forget to stay safe in these times of trouble. And we'll tune in for some great Overwatch this coming weekend. And tune in next week with us for another edition of Overwatch Now. I'm Dylan the Dude. And I'm Music Man. Have a good night, guys. And we'll, and we'll see you next time.